For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Live here on iHeartRadio, AMFM247.com. We've got two great guests with us today here on the broadcast. Go ahead and give us a brief introduction, gentlemen, and uh, we will uh, get off and running here. Well, my name is Robert Davis, and I am a health journalist. I've been covering health and medical issues for many years. Uh, I'm also an avid exerciser, and that's uh, one of the reasons I got interested in writing this book called Fitter Faster. Uh, because of my own interest in exercise and how I've seen it's really helped my life uh, and made a big difference for me. And I wanted to help others because, you know, there's so many people, folks that want to exercise, but there are all kinds of barriers, and I want to help people overcome those barriers. So that's what I've tried to do uh, using my background as a journalist and also my personal experience. And my name is Brad Kulowitz, Jr. I'm a certified personal trainer out of Atlanta, and I work with a broad range of clients, uh, all ages and ability levels, shapes, and sizes. And uh, I've been very excited about our, our project, Fitter Faster, uh, with my primary focus of, of our particular book being the, um, the workout program, the Fitter Faster plan. So we've come together and, and uh, we've put together a great project that I hope you'll enjoy hearing about today. Now, uh, what was the idea behind putting this book together? Did you guys reach out to each other? How did this work? I'm sorry, I missed part of that. What was the idea about putting the book together? Well, the idea about putting the book together was that we wanted to, uh, I wanted to create something that would be able to help people um, overcome the barriers. You know, there are lots of reasons that people end up not exercising. There's the, there's the barrier that they don't like exercise, that they hate exercise, in fact. There's the idea that it's boring, that's something they don't want to do. There's the idea that they're intimidated. Uh, And then the biggest barrier is that there's just too little time. We have busy lives, and we just don't have time to exercise. So we wanted to help folks lower those barriers with time being, for many people, the most important one. So what we really wanted to do was to create a program that you could do in as little as 15 minutes a day and get the same benefits that that you get from a much longer workout. And so we've done this um, with a number of uh, techniques that Brad can talk about that he's used in, in his experience as a personal trainer, but basically to lower the barriers to make exercise less daunting and more doable. Absolutely, and and as you know, Dr. Davis said, you know, the the bit, so many barriers are lack of time, lack of motivation, fear of injury. Yep. You know, not able to to um, you know find exercise that's enjoyable, lack of convenience. You know, finding that exercise is boring. So many just different barriers out there that we hear. And so what we did is, you know, we, we put together a plan that, that, that fights those barriers. So lack of time, right? Well, our programs, we put together something that can be done in as little as 15 minutes a day. That includes the warm-up and, you know, the, the static stretch cool-down. Um, you know, with motivation, uh, lack of motivation, we, we um, you know, Dr. Davis put together some nice adherence tips there that just help with, um, you know, staying on track. Um, fear of injury being one, you know, so we make sure that the body's properly warmed up through dynamic stretches. And then, um, you know, at the very end, as I mentioned, static stretching. So just making sure that you're cooling down properly. Uh, you know, in, term, in terms of making exercise enjoyable, uh, we provide a lot of variety. 
uh, in our programs. So a variety of different days. It's very comprehensive. So it covers um, the strength component, the aerobic component, uh, plyometric component, stretching. Uh, you know, in, in terms of you know convenience too, it can be done anywhere. So it can be done, you know, in your living room. It can be done in your backyard at the park, wherever that may be. And then you know, for those that find exercise boring, uh, we just provide a lot of variety. So every day is different throughout the course of our program. So you know, seven days, you know, we have one day of rest, but among the other six days, you have six different days of things that you can do just to make it as enjoyable as possible. So what was the idea behind uh, some of the different facts and some of the different figures? Uh, for instance, why walking 10,000 steps a day may be overrated? Tell us about it. Right. Well, that's one of the, you know, one something else we do in the book is that we try to look at the science behind a lot of claims. And, you know, in exercise, there's so many conflicting and confusing claims. It's what I've spent my career doing is looking at the science, the actual studies, to try to figure out what we what's true versus what we hear and so in exercise that's one of the things we often hear right that you're supposed to walk 10,000 steps a day so we looked at the science and what we found is that that number is based more on marketing than sound science now if that motivates you if you use your Fitbit and walking your 10,000 steps gets you to move every day that's great you should do it because we want people to move moving any way you can do is better than not moving at all however there's nothing really magical about 10,000 steps according to the research what we found is that um, the what you wanted the key is 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 getting f- 5,000 steps which is considered sedentary and then 3,000 steps above that but here's the key first of all that those steps need to be done in increments of at least 10 minutes so walking a few steps here and there doesn't count toward those 3,000 steps you need to do them in increments of at least 10 minutes and secondly they need to be fairly brisk and if you do that and you get 8,000 total steps then that's enough to meet the exercise requirements now you can do more than that that's great but all you really need is ten is eight thousand as opposed to ten thousand. But again, they need to uh, meet those requirements for them really to help you meet the requirements uh, that uh, to to fulfill the uh, aerobic requirements. We've got uh, two great guests with us today that join us live here in our broadcast. Now, tell us about why taking painkillers before exercise could be counterproductive. Well, I'll talk to that one as well. Uh, what ha- we a number of folks take uh, ibuprofen. Um, Advil, for example, uh, before they do sports such as triathlons or marathons or other things in hopes of reducing or preventing pain. And what the studies actually show is that that is not effective, number one, surprisingly, at reducing pain, at least from exercise. Obviously, those medications can be effective for reducing other kinds of pains, but they're not that effective for reducing uh, pain from what's so-called delayed onset muscle soreness, which is the kind of pain you get, temporary pain you get from exercise, which is actually good pain because it means your exercise is effective. But they're not that effective at reducing that pain. And number two, studies have shown that in some cases they can be counterproductive by limiting your gains and even causing harm in some cases. So I think the, the bottom line there is that there are other ways to try to reduce that muscle pain uh, other than taking uh, pain pills. We've got a uh, great guest with us today here in our broadcast, Coast to Coast. Border to Border, TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. We've got our next guest waiting on the line for us here in a few moments. Um, Tell us why jogging may actually be good for your knees. Tell us about it, gentlemen. Um, Well, yeah, there have been, that's that's a surprise thing to lots of folks you hear. Don't run because it's going to ruin your knees, right? People often hear that. 
In fact, what the studies show, and there have been a number of long-term studies that have followed runners, people who run, in some cases, long distances for many years, and found that people who run actually have a lower risk of knee joint problems, knee and other joint problems, than people who are sedentary. Now, that is, again, contrary to what you might expect, but it's thought that actually running helps strengthen the muscles around the joints, so it helps protect them. It may also help uh, maintain a lower weight, which can also help protect joints. So the good news there is if you run, um, you don't have to worry necessarily that it's going to hurt your joints, even though many non-runners may tell you it's going to hurt your joints. Now, that said, you need to be careful. Clearly, there are running-related injuries. You need to make sure that you don't run when you have a joint-related injury, and you need to make sure that you stop if you feel pain. So you need to take care of that and keep an eye on that and take care of other injuries that can happen from running. But the good news is that long-term, there's not evidence that running is going to ruin your knees. We've got two great guests joining us here on our big broadcast. Their new book, Fitter Faster, award-winning health journalists are with us today here on our big program. Now, um, why you may need less water during exercise than you've heard. Tell us a little bit about this, gentlemen. You know, that's that's a, a, a great question. And, and, you know, there's a lot of different varying studies on that, I'd say. But you know, I'd say the biggest thing is, um, just in terms of guidelines there, you know, hydrating before you go into your workout. So making sure you're hydrated. It's not over-consuming water and over-indulging, but doing just enough beforehand. And then, you know, generally just sipping throughout the workout. So not needing to gorge yourself in terms of water. But every 15 minutes or so, just taking sips, you know, to and from the water fountain or your water bottle you know, throughout. And um, you know, the biggest thing I'd say is just listening to your body rather than even a, spe- a specific number necessarily. Listening to your body, consuming throughout, and then of course after your workout as well, you know, consuming water. Um, so again, no need to, to overdo the water deal, but um, you know, just enough to, in terms of listening to your body. What, what do you say, Doc? Yeah, I would agree with that, and that people need to be aware that you actually can drink too much water. You know, people who are slower marathon runners and engage in other activities have actually gotten um, very sick, in some cases led to death from consuming way too much water because there's a condition called hyponatremia uh, in, in which sodium levels become dangerously low. So you need to watch out for that. You know, we hear about the dangers of dehydration, which certainly can exist, but there's this opposite uh, risk, which is drinking too much water. So you know, make sure you, you don't drink too much water. As Brad says, listen to your body. Thirst is often a good indicator, typically a good indicator of when you need to drink. Um, and so if you're thirsty, drink, um, but don't force yourself to drink a ton of water if you're not thirsty. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate you making time for us today. We're up against the clock. I know that you guys uh, have busy schedules you have to keep, and uh, we're going to let you guys go before we let you go. How do we find you online? Uh, you can find us uh, at fitterfasterplan.com, fitterfasterplan.com. The book is available, uh, as they say, where books are sold, online, uh, and as well as in bookstores. Well, they're honking at us and telling us we got to get out of the way. So, gentlemen, we will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, gentlemen. We are going to get to a break. We're going to take a uh, quick break. When we come back, we've got our next guest waiting on the line here on our big broadcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.